Thank you, Lauren. Good morning, church. My name is Scott. I'm the senior pastor of Bethany. It's really great to be with you as we're in a series called Teach Us to Pray. Lord, how do we pray and become a praying church? Uh, let me model that for us now and pray into this message. Lord, thank you so much for this church, this time, this place. God, would you speak to us the way that you do through your scriptures? Uh, we want to know, God, how to be uh, prayer warriors, prayer people, prayer who turn to you first out of a first instinct, who believe, even when we've been hurt, that you are a God who answers prayers. So thank you for the work you're doing in our prayer ministry and the lives of individuals here, God, and just continue to move us and shepherd us as your people who just passionately believe that the root of all significance comes from the heart of prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. We love you. And all God's people said, amen. Our scripture today comes from two places. Uh, It comes from Matthew 6, as we're in the um, Lord's Prayer series. Uh, Give us today our daily bread. And then Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4. So our message today in this Lord's Prayer series is called uh, the God of all things, and then in parentheses, the God of small things. And the God of all things uh, shows up in the God of small things. And I want us to be a church that continues to believe that God is a God of power and might and omnipotence. Can't even say it, it's so big. That word is so big, Pastor Scott can't even say it. God of omnipotence. Still struggling, but we're moving on. (laughs) The God of all things, but also this God of small things. And and I, I really sometimes, I'm worried about the heart of discipleship as a church that we sometimes don't want to trouble God with the small things. And then we lack the belief that God can do all things. So our title today is on point that the God of all things is the God of small things. And these are things we want to learn about prayer. Each week as we unpack the Lord's Prayer, there's little lessons for us. And today we're talking about petitionary prayer. Uh, the, the give us today our daily bread that Jesus says, this is what prayer looks like. That you are coming to your God daily independence. And as we've been saying all, all series long, that we are a praying church. We are seeing God break out through prayer. We are seeing significant uh, life changes happen. Uh, we had a report of a life-changing experience in Friday night's worship night. How many made worship night down at the chapel at Green Lake? Bunch of you. Uh, that's once a month down at the Green Lake Chapel, and, and we got kind of a praise report. Like, God is moving in the lives of our people. Um, years ago... Uh, I was an English teacher in Los Angeles, and uh, it's, you know, long story, didn't, I wasn't actually trained as a teacher, I was kind of an emergency uh, permit teacher because the governor of California needed 5,000 new English teachers overnight, and I was in the film industry, but I loved working with kids, so I'm like, hey, I can be an English teacher, and uh, it was about that simple, and uh, they commissioned in the Los Angeles County LA Unified School District, we had tens of thousands of teachers, and they commissioned this big report through the English departments, uh, how to increase uh, our, our English skills for our, for our students. The 
the California had just passed a, an exit exam that students had to pass to get out of high school, and teachers were really nervous about it. School districts were really nervous. To, uh, you know, the money was going to flow, how many students passed and all this. And so, you know, how do we increase literacy? How do we, how do we increase competency? How do we, you know, so the tens of thousands of dollars went out to this research firm, and then they gathered one day all of the English teachers. With, students had a day off. We all gathered down, you know, I don't know. San Dimas or wherever it was, this massive auditorium, and there was, you know, all these breakouts, but, you know, the time came for the big keynote and the presentation, and we were really actually excited. We were teaching English. This was our vocation every single day, trying to bring these students to life, and a lot of them didn't come from native English-speaking homes, and so there was a massive challenge there, and we were really, like, give us resources, give us skills, like, okay, it's the report now, and I could just, I mean, it was like 30 minutes of talking that basically they said, if you want students to read or to, to have better English skills, just have them read. Just, and it's like, okay, no, cool. But like, give us more tactics, more tools, more. And they're like, just have them read. Just, you know, 30 minutes, silent reading, in class, provide books. And there's, you know, resources baked into that as well. We were a little bit disappointed that it was that simple. And we were like, you know, and then we kind of wrestled with how to kind of put it into play. For us as Jesus people, trying to become more of Jesus people, there's a simple way to grow as disciples. And Jesus says, it's this simple, pray. Like if you pray every day, if you pray this kind of prayer, Jesus, give us today our daily bread, our discipleship starts to move. Our heart for other people starts to move. Our compassion, our aligning on the center points of our faith instead of you know, having these arbitrary discussions at, at, the, at the margins, that all happens in prayer. That's why for the disciples, the one question they ask Jesus is, will you teach us to pray? Because they saw in the life of Jesus, when he prayed, bodies were changed. When he prayed, people could see. When he prayed, man, he was transfigured. When he prayed, they're like, if we could pray like that, then we could have all that life-changing ministry like that. It was no mistake. Jesus, if you could teach us to pray, then the world will change. And as a church, we're, we're coming back to this reality. Like we have, we have priorities and you know, we have these things we're about and, and, and significance that happens in different ministries throughout, you know, safe families and reconciliation and, and all these different things that matter so much to the heart of God. They absolutely do. But they all come from the head streams of intimacy with Jesus. And that all happens in prayer. So when Jesus like teach us to pray, it means in the upstream spot, up there at the source, that when we're connected to the heart of the Father, now we're moved into being you know, people of reconciliation and justice and hope and mercy and feeding people and healed relationships and all of the things that we want happen downstream when we start teach us to pray. Teach us to pray like this. And so when Jesus says, you know, I want you to have this belief that every single day I want to hear from you. The Father wants to provide for you. This simple little phrase, give us today our daily bread. It's, it's the heart of prayer. It's petitionary prayer. It's basic prayer. But you know what? We're going back to the basics. Because my fear is us as a praying people isn't that we're praying too much about the basics. Honestly, at times I, I'm worried we're praying too little myself included. Are we going to pray or are we going to do something? Yeah, we are. We're going to pray every day that the Lord would do something in our lives. Give us today our daily bread. This teaches petitionary prayer 
and it helps us grow our relationship, trust in God's provision, and believe in God's power. And in that personhood and provision and power is the secret of intercessory and petitionary prayer. Today we're really locking in on petitionary prayer, petitioning God every single day. Now, just at the outset before we dive in, there, what are the challenges? What are the, what are the barriers? What are the blocks? Yeah, I mean, time for sure. Many of us are starved for time, but we have all the time we need, so it's just a matter of priority, but I get it. We're busy people. I think above that is a challenge that for a lot of us, we're scared to ask God because we asked for this thing and we're still waiting for an answer. We asked for somebody to come to church with us and we're sitting next to an empty seat. We, we asked for that friend to be healed and they've passed. We asked, we asked, we asked, and God didn't answer the way that we wanted. So please hear me. Like, I'm in that with you. So I'm not going to, like, give you an easy answer and be like, it's all answered prayer. Sometimes, you know, like, I read a lot this week about the heart of prayer, and there's some stuff that's hard for me to, I won't pass it on to you, because it, it rings a little bit hollow. Yes, God provides. Yes, God's powerful. Yes, God grows relationship. And yes, there's a struggle, Because we're asking in prayer for something that God says, not yet, or or just no, or it's silent. And this mix between the things we ask for and then the provision we receive, that's what faith is. Trusting in that gap. That we would continue to ask and that we would wrestle with that gap between the things we ask for and the things that God delivers. This is where faith is born, in this gap. And this is where a lot of people check out. Because I asked, didn't come, bam, I'm out. So if we don't have an answer for a non-believing world about like, well, how do you still pray when you don't see God move? So no easy answers today, but we're going to wrestle with this a little bit together. So I'm so so interested in believing that as a praying people, that as we really come back to the heart of petitionary prayer, we become that praying church that can change our community. That's what prayer does. And so when we dive in today, um, one quote I want to share from this great book I shared a couple weeks ago. It's called Praying Like Monks, Acting Like Fools. It's the best book I've read on prayer in the last couple years by a pastor out of Portland named Tyler Statton. I really encourage you to read it. He says this. He says, in this uh, Give Us Day Our Daily Bread, he says, Jesus unmistakably rips prayer out of the sacred stained glass, ornate walls of the church, and places it in the commonness of everyday life. Prayer is not the ascent of the soul to some other place. It deals directly with our basic day-to-day needs and wants. Prayer is about the demand, obligations, and privileges of this very day. So when we unpack this, give us today our daily bread, it's teaching us about simple prayer, about basic prayer, that the God of all things is actually the God of small things. And so that's what we're doing today. Give us today our daily bread. And as we believe again in the power of prayer, we're going to be transformed as praying people in a praying church. So let's dive in. Prayer, first point in our outline, give us. Prayer helps us grow our relationship, helps us grow as a people of God in relationship with the heart of the Father. When we say these words, give us, prayer is about moving us into trust and dependence. Give, it's an acknowledgement that we need more than we can gather on our own. We won't get there on our own. It's a Greek word, didomai, which is an imperative. So it's like this really strong verb tense in the Greek, which means like, God, do this thing. God, provide. God, move. God, act. And Jesus is saying, pray like this. Don't pray smaller. Pray bolder. 
call upon the name of the Lord. Didamite, like give, and then us. Twice in this little clause, the same Greek word ego, which is, uh, means not me alone, it's all of us together. We don't pray for just ourselves. That's the interesting thing. I'm teaching you today about petitionary prayer, but baked into it, Jesus is saying, it's not give me mine, it's give us ours. And all throughout the prayer, it's, it's helping us align outside of our own needs. Yes, bring your heart to God, but never forget the hungry person to your left or to your right. Never forget the people that are struggling for, you know, you're, give us our daily bread. God, I would really like this big thing, you know, that's maybe a bit more extravagant. No, there's hurting, hungry people in the world. And, and the reality that Jesus wants to teach us and remind us is that communication is so essential for growing relationships. Because when you ask, you're, you're modeling vulnerability. When you ask anyone for anything, it's saying, I need something from you I can't provide on my own. But by asking, you're laying yourself out in a posture of vulnerability. Because for me to be vulnerable for you is to allow myself to be wounded by you or, or to be disappointed by you. And, and that's what Jesus is like. Hey, when you say give us, you're actually saying, God, I'm going to trust you to provide for me. And I'm going to wrestle with that gap between the things I ask for and the things that you provide. That's what Paul says in Philippians. I read it earlier. But again, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, do you know what every means in the Greek? Every. Like, all the time. So Paul's like, pretty clear. Every situation. You're praying people, those Jesus followers. So in every situation with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God transcends understanding. He'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice what Paul says here. Isn't that you get everything you ask for. But he says, as you lay out every situation in petitionary prayer, you'll get the peace of God. That transcends even understanding. That's how you deal with that gap between the things we ask for and the things that we, we ask. That's, that's where our faith is born. That's what presenting our request looks like. That's the prayer of petition. And it teaches this, this healthy dependence, this healthy, healthy, like, I need you. I can't get there on my own. The, the heart of prayer is to show up to God and just say, like, today I need you. Okay, can you. Can you give me something I can't earn on my own? I can't build on my own. I can't grab on. You're a, you're a tremendously hardworking congregation. You're hardworking students. You're hardworking, I mean, we joke sometimes that the indie, the I'm not done yet. It's like, I thought you were going to be less busy when you're retired. It's like, I'm booked. You know, I've looked at my schedule. I'm booked. For, I mean, we're, we, we never stop. Talk to the young families in here. Busy. We're busy. Busy, hardworking people. And still, Jesus says, this is how you pray. That today, it's not about your work. It's not about your effort. It's not about what you've built. It's not about your empire. You're turning to the Lord to say, can you give us this thing. And then, like, I'm sitting there, and there's 25% of you in the room right now that are like, time out. Time out, Scott. Like, I love the pep talk about prayer, but I'm sitting on an unanswered prayer. I prayed, I mean, just this morning I got a text, a family that's connected to Bethany lost, lost a, a, a young man, a colleague, a former colleague of mine, like, way too young today past last night how do we they prayed for him he's a, he's a young man he's a father of a young family 
and, and they believed in Jesus. What do we do with that? We wrestle and we ask. And the, the gap between what we ask for and the life that's delivered is where our faith is born. What Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians, I think is helpful here. Again, if you're, re- if you're sitting on an answer prayer, please, I'm with you. I'm not trying to feed easy answers. The two reasons people disengage from prayer is because the, the, the problem of pain and the problem of unanswered prayer. Those two things keep a lot of people locked in unbelief about prayer really working. But what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take away a thorn, a thorn of the flesh, but it didn't happen. And so if you, just, if you stop there in the 2 Corinthians 12, it's like, well, why doesn't God remove thorns? Thorns of physical limitation, thorns of emotional limits, thorns of broken relationship. God, even for the great and holy Paul, God didn't take the thorn away. We don't know, but still we're called to trust and somehow press into the heart of God that as we ask, ask for the daily bread, that God will provide gifts that maybe are different than what we've asked for and that our faith can be intact even in that gap. It's hard to, to maintain the faith while these thorns exist, but you talk to some of the older saints of faith and they'll tell you that some of those unanswered thorns became places of provision later in their lives. Uh, our, uh, the man who married Heather and I, a religion professor at Whitworth, Jerry Sitzer, he, he wrote a whole book about why God doesn't answer prayers sometimes. That's a hard book to read, and there's no like flip to the end and just, there's, there's no flipping. He just wrestles with it. But Sitzer says this, he says, it's hard to wait for answers, especially when so much is at stake when we pray. Still, patience as well as persistence is a requirement for prayer. When we're ready to quit, God might be just warming up. When we've decided to classify a prayer as unanswered, God might be just about to answer it. That's what Sitzer says when God doesn't answer prayers. I preached at Green Lake last week, and a young man came up to me afterwards, and he's like, you know, do you ever have those sermons that just aren't good, that just don't land? He's saying this to me. I've just finished preaching a sermon. <laughs> like, interesting tactic. Um, yeah, I guess so. And then he said, the real ache under I'm sitting on an unanswered prayer. And I, 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 I've talked to my family, and they're sitting on unanswered prayers because of something they've gone through. And he just it's really hard to believe. This is the thing, friends, that God grows relationship even in the midst of prayers that feel unanswered. That's the absolute thing Jesus is saying here. When we say give us, it's an opportunity to grow our relationship. It's, it's saying that even when we don't understand how, God wants to provide for us, and we're going to wrestle with that. And, you know, there's a, whole, there's a whole sermon series in that. Sin has distorted this world, and so that everything God does comes through the obstacles of sin, brokenness. Um, but still we wrestle with the problem of evil and the problem of pain and suffering. But Jesus says, when you say give us, it's a way to grow my relationship. I long to provide for my people. And that's over and over and over again when you see unanswered prayers in the scripture. Even when they didn't get what they wanted, they got something far richer and far deeper. A depth of relationship with Jesus. And so we wait, and at times it can be disappointing, very difficult, but it can be good. And so hear me there. Prayer helps us grow our relationship, it does. 
Uh, one of the things that uh, I firmly believe for, for relationships in distress, particularly like husband, wife, or parent, child, is just praying together. And there was a season where Heather and I had a really hard season in our marriage. It's like the pastor, the therapist, we've been through hard seasons because relationships are hard. But one of the ways that we got back after a hard season a couple of years ago is we'd sit in these blue Adirondack chairs. We made time for each other. And then we would say, how can I pray for you? And that clause, how can I pray for you? And then actually praying together is a great bomb when relationships are in distress. And I'm happy to report after weeks of sitting in these blue chairs and listening to each other and bringing our cares to the Lord, we found the healing that we desired because prayer grows relationship. The second thing I want to say is prayer helps us trust in God's provision. That God really does provide for us. And when Jesus says, teach us to pray, and then he says, give us today, he said, God wants to provide not just in your 401k plan 20 years from now. He wants to have you be present today. Presence is key. It means, for the Greek is this word semeron, which means today, means presently, means now. It absolutely means what Jesus says here. Give us today. Help us live into the reality today that we need something that we can't earn on our own. Jesus, teach me to depend more on your presence. There's this really um, great quote about this from this writer named Mary DeMuth. She says, ultimately, God calls us to live in the moment, to ask for that bread, not let the pain of the past prevent us from engaging in the great right now. How do we ask him for such a grace gift for our relationships right now? And what does that look like as a lifestyle? Expanding the metaphor from bread to loving in the present tense helps us pursue the food we need in difficult relationships. It gives us permission to thrive despite the desire to wall off our hearts. And so in relationship, we know we don't always get what we want, but in presence, we're able to tie into the heart of God. It was from that Praying Like Monks book. It was a line that really popped for me. He says, when it comes to any relational being, we're going to have to get comfortable with mystery. That's what Jesus says. He tells this kind of mysterious story about God wanting to provide today. This comes from Luke. Jesus tells this story. Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine, a journey has come, and I have no food to offer. Kind of an odd story to tell midnight three loaves, not one, but Jesus tells this story. A friend of mine has come, I have no food to offer. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is locked. My children and I are in bed. I can get up and give you, I can't get up and give you anything. But I tell you, even though he'll not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. You know, Jesus times, one room houses most of them, singular bed or sleeping area. So it's like when the, when the house is shut, it's shut until dawn the next day. But Jesus tells this interesting story that when you pray, give us today, there's a shameless audacity that as you pursue God in prayer, that God wants to intercede, wants to move. I mean, that's the story of Moses and Abraham, these big saints of faith that were actually able to petition God in prayer and to see God deliver. And again, we're wrestling with some of us because we're sitting on some unanswered prayer. But the shameless audacity that Jesus uses in that parable is, is meant to be this great encouragement, to be audacious. Give us today this kind of belief that, God, you want to provide. A great philosopher, Soren Kierkegaard, said it like this. He says, this is our comfort because God answers every prayer for either gives what we pray for or something far better. And that can be a hard word for some in this room. Wow, far better when I prayed for the cancer to go away or for that person to have a, a more sound mind or less lonely 
but we believe, even when we ache to see God move, that prayer helps us trust in God's provision. Gotta believe. He wants to provide for us. Give us today. He longs to help us connect. The God of all things is the God of small things. And when we see God provide, we've got to become more grateful. We've got to be able to take stock. For me, one of the things that's really helped my prayer practice is a prayer journal. Because I sometimes struggle with even like, how are you feeling today? It's like, I don't know. I'll tell you next week because I'm busy doing stuff. But I started over the last year, year and a half of just writing out my prayers to the Lord. And sometimes it's simple. It's like, Lord, I'm feeling this today. I'm feeling that today. And I'll be vulnerable with you. Just a couple weeks ago, I was looking back in order to go forward and reviewing all the things that I've been praying about. And I'm like, I sound like a baby in my prayer journal. I'm just constantly complaining to God. But I had to like not feel shameful. I was like, okay, he wants to hear it. Give us today deepening in that provision. So I write out, strongly encourage. If you need a new prayer practice to just grow as a person of prayer, get a simple journal at Hobby Lobby or Amazon and just start writing your prayers. For me, it was a really helpful practice to bring a new practice to the Lord. God wants to provide. Early in our marriage, Heather and I were living in Los Angeles. We bought our first house. It was literally the cheapest home in L.A. County when we purchased it, for good reason. It was a piece of junk, friends, a piece of junk. It had been a rental for 14 years. It was 700-ish square feet, one bedroom, and then this like kind of built-on chicken coop thing. It was stucco, no insulation, knob and wire to me. I mean, the electrical was a joke. This place was a joke. And the bet, but we could afford it, so we loved it. We're like, it's beautiful, you know? We were doing ministry in L.A. We hired the kids to paint the house. You know, kids, I, I'm not going to hire you to paint our house. It's just not a good idea. We put, like, a spray gun with, like, 20 high schoolers. We come back to the house, and they're, like, tagging the back of our house. And, but... Uh, of all, you know, all of us have a lot of gifts and we have liabilities. One of my liabilities of many, but managing money is not a strength. And um, I'm not proud to say that, but part of just, you know, all of us, like we have strengths, we have weaknesses. And so we're midway into our first year. We had bought this house from the woman who sold it. No bank. She was the bank. Used to be more common back in the day. She charged us interest rate. We just wrote checks to her every month. And then one month I sent, I sent two payments to her. She was out of the area. She deposited them or stay, and we didn't have enough money. We didn't have enough money to, to buy bread. Like, and we were already just scraping by. Like our joke was like, Heather would bring produce to the front. Like we would go shopping for groceries. Like, do we really need tomatoes? Do we really need fruits and vegetables? Because that's like, it was a really lean season of, of, for us financially. But we made this double payment and we didn't have enough money to to buy gas, to buy food. We were really scared. We were new in Los Angeles. We didn't have a lot of resources, but we had just connected to a Christian community. And as Heather shared her heart with a supervisor about just being really scared, and then they prayed together. A couple days later, there was an envelope on our porch, and it was a check for $1,000. In 1999, 2000, it was a ton of money for us. That was all the money we needed to get through that whole month. For Oftentimes, God will provide for us in ways that surprise us through other Christians when we're connected and sharing our hearts with each other. 
So the, the God who provides will often come through unlikely, surprising ways. So just finally here, when Jesus says, give us today our daily bread, he, he uses the same word our as before, and he uses daily in the same way he's just said today. So in some regards, he's repeating himself. But this is what God does in prayer. Prayer anchors our belief in God's inbreaking power. Our daily bread, our, never for me alone, daily. Not a week from now, it's today. We're meant to be present with God's doing today. Bread. Like, it's literally the Greek word, uh, to, to be fed. God wants to provide for us, and oftentimes he'll provide for us in ways that are surprising. But the bread that he provides is enough to nurture and sustain. And friends, God has power. And I said it earlier that the God of, of all things is the God of small things. And as we become more and more of a praying church that believes God is powerful enough to help us, like, we don't have enough money, let's pray. I've got a couple of emails. I'm going to protect privacy right now, but people that have been sending in to me, like, hey, where's God been showing up in prayer? And I've heard from several of you, like, I had a real financial need, and I prayed, and I prayed with my small group, and God provided. Because God is powerful, and he'll often use his power to work in surprising ways, often through other saints of other people following Jesus or in other unlikely ways. But do we believe as a community in God's in-breaking power? God is powerful. Every time Paul talks about prayer and power, he talks about this dunamis power. We're going to have some prayer opportunities as a community in the months ahead. Watch your bulletin because we're going to continue to train people to be people of powerful prayer. That believe when we pray, God can do powerful and mighty things. And yes, sometimes we prayed for a miracle and it was, it was the gap. We didn't see God move. But I'm telling you right now that God has done miracles in this room. If I ask you to slowly stand people that have experienced incredibly powerful encounters from Jesus, half of this room would stand. So that's what's so important about us telling our testimony when God moves powerfully. Because even if I'm struggling to believe in power, when I know that he moved powerfully for you, it teaches me to pray like that. Give us today our daily bread. And as we ask, Jesus is like, ah, now you're doing it. You're believing that I'm a, I'm a God of relationship. I'm a God of presence, and I'm a God of power. And I'm a God of all things. But don't be scared to bring me the small things. Because as you trust me in the everyday, we're building a life and a habit of future dependence. Friends, the, the life that we want of deep intimacy with God, of restored relationships, people of hope and mercy and justice. Like, God, use me to be a person of blessing. It happens through prayer. God, give us today our daily bread, even when we're struggling to believe it, even when we're struggling to believe. There's this incredible story out of um, Korea after the Korean War, and there was all these orphans left by the Korean War. And so international aid agencies rushed in, and there was, there was orphanages built, and there was you know, care workers, and there was plenty of food. But these kids, so many of them that had gone hungry for long seasons, even though they had three full meals, uh, they would have these horrible nightmares at night, screaming out. And a lot of it was based in fear that there wouldn't be enough food for tomorrow. And one agency in particular, led by this very courageous person, she said, I think they're scared they're going to be hungry. And so she would walk around at night and put pieces of bread, like put a slice of bread in the children's hand while they slept. And the kids were able to sleep. They were able to have less anxiety, less fear, holding on to the bread, that they would be okay. 
Friends, some of you, you're like the anxious child in the story. And Jesus wants to put bread in your hand. He wants to minister to your hearts. He wants you to believe that he, will, he can provide for you powerfully. But you've got to ask. And, and, and we're going to be asking together as we pray. So Jesus, thank you so much for this church. We thank you for this time. Thank you that you're making us a praying people. We, we trust and declare your goodness. And God, we would ask in faith that you would help us grow our relationship and that we would increase in our presence and our power with you. God, we pray that, that your spirit would break out mightily for those that are really struggling to believe that you answer prayers. God, would you move? Would you hear your people's prayer in this moment, in the week ahead? Would you turn this people radically onto their knees again so that they would trust and believe as they pray that, God, you provide the source of all intimacy in their life? God, put bread in our fingers. Put hope at our fingertips. Restore us. We love you. And all God's people said, amen. I'm going to, um, the band is here as we go into our response time. I'm going to call our, our prayer team forward, and we're going to do an, an exercise now. When you came in today, you got a, a prayer response card, and uh, we've got the slide as well, but it says here, what are you asking God to provide for you? Little or big things, write down a prayer. On this card right now, and if you didn't get this specific card, you can just borrow, you know, rip off half from your neighbor or rip off part of the bulletin or take a gum wrapper. It doesn't matter because we're all going to do this. What are you asking God? What are you petitioning God for? Write it down. God, would you restore my marriage? God, I'm 12. I'm not married, but will you help me in math? God, will you help me in my retirement? Will you help me in my sobriety? Will you help me get sober? Will you help me be less anxious? Will you help my friend who's really depressed? Like, we're going to become a praying people. And guess what? It's like, oh, that's an interesting concept. No, we're going to pray together. So on this card, you're going to write it down. And then you're going to bring it forward. Because this is planting season right now. And so many of you planted six months ago bulbs in your garden. You know, daffodils and tulips. And you, in faith, you took that little nugget and stuck it in the soil. You're like, oh, it's going to be so good in March when I'm just about done with Seattle weather. And then, ah, here it comes. So when, we're, when we place our prayers in these planters, it's, these are plantings, friends. This is the soil of our faith, planting prayers to the God of provision and power and relationship that even while we ache, we trust in faith. We're praying together. So take a moment here, write down something that you're praying for, write it down and come forward. And I know this can be a hard room to get. Just We're all doing it, so let's be awkward together. And just go ahead and just in any one of these buckets, just drop your prayers. Think of it as like planting bulbs to the Lord. And then our prayer team exists. If you want to just pray over something that you're asking God and just say, hey, John or Sharon or Bev or whoever, can we just pray with me? Our prayer team all week long has been praying for this moment. So let's take a moment now, write out our prayers. When your heart is ready, let's do plantings. Believing the God of harvest brings these prayers to life.